0: I'm Kent Garrett, welcome to another edition of The Last Negroes at Harvard. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. David Hurst, editor of Middle East Eye, has written a piece titled How Netanyahu's War Could Destroy Israel. Take a listen. Netanyahu's first and primary war aim was to collapse Hamas. Ironically, a failed war could mean that Hamas could collapse him. The war is a total disaster for Israel. Israel's actions can only be interpreted through the lens of revenge. It's a bloodlust. It isn't a thought-out campaign with a clear end game and a clear off-ramp. Well, it's now over 100 days since the Israeli response to October the 7th. How have they succeeded? Well, they had basically three war aims. The first was to eradicate and crush Hamas, and Hamas are still a fighting force. The second aim was to clear as many Gazans as they could out of Gaza, and they have failed at that, because although they have killed an obscene number of civilians, 23,000, plus $7,000 rubble, 30,000 at least, of whom the majority are women and children. This generation of Palestinians have learned from the Nakba and they say, no, we're gonna die in our land. And the third aim was to change the whole structure of the Middle East. So that Israel could have total dominance over Gaza, southern Lebanon, and Jordan to protect its borders. And that's not happening either. In fact, the opposite is happening. Those borders are all becoming more and more vulnerable to attack from highly trained militant groups surrounding Israel. But really the significant feature of what's happened in the 100 days is just the level of destruction of Gaza. Israel has made vast portions of Gaza uninhabitable. They've literally turned it into rubble and they've done so by design. There have been literally thousands of massacres where the whole family has been killed deliberately. Whatever happens to Hamas, this is laying the foundations for another 50 years of conflict because everyone would have witnessed what Israel has done. In the last hundred days and every child that survives will grow up to be a man that seeks his revenge the mood in israel continues to be very ugly there are no social breaks on openly racist genocidal statements a clear majority want the war to continue a clear majority blame all Palestinians, and the soldiers say so. We are looking for babies, but there is no babies left. Maybe I kill a girl; she was twelve. But I'm looking for a baby. You Palestinian? Five Palestine. Hi. Five Palestine. Baby. Yeah, yeah, very good. You, you, five I Palestinian, five Palestinian babies? babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love Palestine. I kill you. You guys kill Palestinian kids? Yeah. Right, yeah. Just two this morning, just two. Yesterday was a good day. Public opinion is actually affecting the behavior of soldiers who are basically committing war crimes against unarmed civilians. I myself personally am not dissociated from these events. I come from a Jewish family. Half of them settled in London, the other half in Haifa. My grandfather's family, half of them were killed in the extermination camps. As someone whose family has really suffered from the Holocaust, that same mistake shouldn't be repeated again and again and again. You can see the same mistakes that Israel is committing as the French did in Algeria. They killed between a million and a million and a half Algerians, and eventually they had to leave. Killing an indigenous population that is totally rooted to the land and is fighting not for religion, it's fighting for its homes, it's fighting for land, doesn't work. And eventually, the colonial power has to leave. In Algeria's case, it was the French. In Israel's case, it is the European Jews. And you will see an exodus of European Jews leaving Israel the longer this war goes on. As well as being a moral military and political disaster it has also succeeded in making the palestinian cause which on october the 6th was shoved under the carpet dead and buried it's all about normalization between saudis the rich uh, gulf states and israel it succeeded in making the palestinian cause a global cause you only just have to look at the size of the weekly demonstrations in london half a million people around the world but also What you can really see is from the other end of Africa, South Africa, really taking the lead in trying to seek justice and trying to end the war. And America's stock, Britain's stock, Europe's stock plummeting in terms of its soft power. Israel really is dragging everyone who supports it down the same rabbit hole that itself is falling. This leaves America much weaker than it was. It was in a posture of withdrawing from the Middle East and repositioning its forces to confront China in the Far East. And it's now stuck there like a rabbit in headlights without the levers really to stop this car crash from happening. Israel doesn't actually have an off-ramp. It doesn't have a post-war strategy. Israel, by controlling the water supply and electricity supply, was the occupying power. But now, literally, they are the occupying power in terms of there being no civil administration, and they're going to have to provide some, and they've got no plan for it. So you've created an earthquake, and you're doing absolutely no relief for the survivors of an earthquake. The other feature of this war is that the Israeli leadership itself is in crisis. Netanyahu, the moment the war stops, will come under enormous amount of pressure for having let Israel's guard down on October the 7th. Army will come under pressure and they'll be asked to explain why there were so few brigades protecting Israel's southern border. If Netanyahu loses power, his legal position, because this case against him for bribery and corruption is continuing, would come back into play. So there are two totally different forces at work, for both of whom a continuation of a war is the only practical outcome. Also, the extreme right, Ben-Gavir and Smotrich, they know that they would lose an opportunity of a lifetime if they fell from power because their game plan is literally to change the demographic balance from the river to the sea so that the Jewish population isn't a minority supremacist apartheid administration it is the majority. That's what they really want. And they know that out of power, they would have lost it. They would have lost an opportunity of a lifetime. And their settlers and supporters are all armed. It isn't an easy prospect to have the leadership to say, I'm now going to stop this war and I'm going to start negotiations and defuse all the things we've been talking about. Israel's not in a position to do that. And Netanyahu is not in a position to do that. So I think he's finished. He's shameless. And I think his aim is to carry the war on for as long as possible. The other ferment going on inside Israel is the debate between the families of the hostages and the Netanyahu government, but also the extreme right. Families of hostages held by Hamas, they gathered today to protest the Gaza invasion. Take a listen. We have to engage in negotiations, we have to do it now. They say that the only solution is to destroy, to flatten Gaza. They never mention the hostages, never. We are afraid for our uh, hostages, our family. We want to bring them home alive. But the extreme right actually aren't that interested in getting Israelis back. They are far more attuned to what was called the Hannibal Directive, where the Israeli army targets an area in which a hostage has been taken so that everyone dies and there are no hostages. Either they prefer deaths, Israeli deaths, to Israeli hostages. We need to look at the euphoria with these hostage releases with a grain of salt. What Hamas wants us to do is they want to divide the country into people whose priority is releasing the hostages through deals, people like me and the other part of the country whose priority is to obliterate Gaza and reconquer it, even at the expense of the hostages. But I think whatever happens, world opinion is changing. It's not changing in Israel or America's favor. While Israel has always prided itself on making sure that the elites, the political elites, the party leader, future party leaders, the opposition, anyone who wants to be serious in Western politics has to get on side with Israel first. Or the fate of Jeremy Corbyn hangs high over the alternative. You'll be accused of being anti-Semitic. That's basically what I, you tow the line, You say what we want you to say, or we'll accuse you, or we'll get someone to accuse you of anti-Semitism. That's as crude as it has become. But that's not working anymore. I'm very pleased to say it isn't working because there are millions and millions of people out there who are not part of the conflict, who simply say, no, this is not right. This is what Israel is doing, it's absolutely not right. And Israel's using hugely in the court of world opinion. It's a small country. It wants to be a Western nation. Its citizens wants to travel, it wants to trade. And all of this is working against its own interests. Before October the 6th, the Palestinian cause was gone. You had Netanyahu waving a map of Israel in the United Nations General Assembly, which didn't have any Palestinian territory in it at all. It was all belonged to Israel. And the Palestinians had lost. People were talking over their heads about a direct deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel. And look what's happened now. It's totally different. No one's now talking about the Abraham Accords. They're talking about the Palestinian cause. They're talking about the need for a Palestinian state. Even Lord Cameron, our British Foreign Secretary, is talking about the need for a Palestinian state. So this war really has stripped everything back. It's shaken the rust off this vehicle, and it's now back to the bare metal again. We're in a very, very interesting place at the moment because the central problem is absolutely right there in front of everyone's noses. It is a Palestinian people that have been chased and shot and bullied off their lands. This land has to be shared. How you do it is up to negotiations, but this land has to be shared. And Jews and Arabs have to regard itself as equals. And that's plainly not happening now. And so it has done a huge boost to the Palestinian cause. But I'm not certain that the, that the bloodshed is over and I'm not sure that anyone has actually learned the lessons from this but there's a big, big lesson there in neon flashing lights about how this conflict should now be ended. What's been really important in the coverage of this awful conflict is the role that independent media have played, that Middle East Eye have played and Double Down. I would urge you all to support that media because That's the media that is actually going to do the real reporting in the world.